Welcome to the Space for Sisters podcast. We are a wellness podcast for Black women who are ready to dream, decide, and do what's necessary to live well. I'm your host, Dr. Dominique Pritchett, and today, it's me, no guests. At this stage in life, when someone isn't aligned with you and may not even like you, it can be in your family, it could be on your job, it can be in your community, it can even be in your relationship. I'm very, very passionate about addressing this topic, adding a humanistic lens to it, because as a black woman, that has been most of my career, being of the few or the only one in many of the rooms I frequent. It can get so, so lonely, and I know I'm not alone. It has taken me all these years to learn how to maximize that position. For so long, I carried the weight that I had to be all things to everyone, be everywhere for everyone. Many times that position, when it's not aligned or when you're not even liked, it is illuminated if you are that few or the only one. It's magnified. You feel it, you feel the pressure from it. But let's talk about that room. Because the room carries a a lot of conversation. The room carries a lot of weight. I was a fly on the wall in some of these rooms. I imagine what I would hear. I can imagine what I would see, what I would witness, what I would feel, the level of empathy I would have for you if you are that person. This room that we're talking about, it requires a lot of energy and effort to get out of bed to prepare to show up, to exist there. It takes a lot of energy and effort to speak up and elevate your voice. Many times we lower our voices. We don't contribute, maybe due to experiencing some microaggressions or not having what we've shared uh, be respected. You can paint the picture of this room, who might be in there. So one or few are the only one. I'm here to shed reality. It's not just when we're in uh, rooms with folks that don't look like us. Oftentimes, there are people that look like us culturally, racially, and every other similarity we may have to those people. But I'm here to remind you, you still can be one of you or the only one, even if those people look like you, sound like you, and come from where you come from. This is why it's important that we identify active allies and accomplice when we know we have to occupy those spaces. It is dangerous to do this alone, to be there alone, to hold all of that weight alone. Let's reverse that, a feeling like you have to do it alone. I get it. Some rooms may be private. Other people may not be able to be invited. Who in that room can you create that alliance with? Who in that room can you share your experiences with? Because we bring that stuff home. We bring that stuff to our safe haven. But here's the thing. If you're one, if you are the only one at home, your community, at church, you get to define what that identity is, one of you or the only one. My personal story, many places I frequent, I've been the only black female, black woman in that space. And when I, even when I go places with my friends, oftentimes I'm one of few. I've grown comfort in understanding how to position myself to know when it's safe and when um, it's not. 
but you have to build that authority, that agency, knowing when to speak up, knowing when it's no longer safe for you to be there. That room, one, requires a lot of energy and effort. Two, this room may not always be emotionally safe. And when we talk about emotional or psychological safety, we have to talk about emotional intelligence that comes along with it. The spaces you're in, do they allow you to make mistakes? Are you allowed to have a difference or a shared opinion? Do you feel like you can regulate yourself and that person can regulate themselves if they're in disagreement? The emotional intelligence part is being able to regulate yourself, your emotions, and how you navigate. The psychological safety part is do you feel like you can be so damn human in those spaces where no one is expecting perfection from you? You can show up as your authentic self within that emotional environment. Number three, as I alluded to, does it allow you to make mistakes? As a black woman who is often one or few of the only one in many of the spaces I occupy, at some point along my career, I developed this sense that I couldn't make mistakes. Research shows, conversations show, and reveal that black women are scrutinized or held under a different microscope than their counterparts. It is important that we realize we can make mistakes. We can. A lot of times we carry past traumas, past unhealthy experiences, and they may be happening now too. Or even just the uncertainty of new roles. Can I show up and contribute? Because in the past, I wasn't always to do that. What I am sharing with you applies across industries. It's not just those of us in the mental health field or the service professions. Sometimes people can't put their finger on it because they're not using language that magnifies a person's behaviors. Whether they're aggressive, I call them macroaggressions. The common term is microaggressions. Are you not giving credit when you are contributing? That sounds very familiar across industries. So this isn't just mental health. Number four, these rooms pressure you to self-edit. Self-edit or code switching. You're editing who you are, what you believe in, your morals, your values, just to say you fit and you want to stay at that table. I get it. That table is your bread. That table is your livelihood. If you're anything like me, I'm my primary and backup plan. If you're unsure of how to navigate those spaces, that is why if you're a woman who identifies as Black, African American, or of the African diaspora, I need you in that space. Many of us have spent most of our career trying to figure out how do I navigate in this uh, space and not self-edit, not code switch. I'm a firm believer that self-editing and code switching to create a sense of belonging, that's a trauma response that you have developed from being in so many environments where you have lost sight of who you are. If you are not someone who fits those characteristics, I guarantee you know someone who could use guidance from someone who has the art of storytelling to help you get out of that self-editing and show up as your high-frequency true self who has navigated tough, tough spaces. If that sounds like you could benefit from that, if that sounds like you are interested in being seen, supported, and psychologically safe, you're invited. You can come to the barbecue.
I want to share a few more things of how that room can look to you and feel to you. Many black women have described leaving this room as defeated. I want to invite you to take this perspective. You don't need anyone's permission to have self-worth or to have value. We have got to stop looking into and looking at other people as though they can, they need to give us that. You don't have to like me in that space. You don't have to value me, but we want to get to the point where we will be respected. That starts from day one. This is why that code switching and that self-editing is so, so dangerous because when we start doing that, we are now teaching people that we're okay with how they treat me, how they talk to me. They're used to the self-edited version because we've lost sight of our real self in those spaces. That's why it's important that we cultivate spaces to learn, to grow, to nurture each other. I have developed many opportunities, many pathways to where I can bounce out of a lot of those spaces, and I have. There is a difference of being an advocate and showing up for people who, whose voices have been uh, toned down. I always say I don't give people their voice. I'm looking to advocate and create uh, spaces where you can elevate your voice. When we think about this room, this room can trick you to think that this is not an opportunity. Within how we have come out of those rooms, defeated, burnt out, overwhelmed, when we take a step back and do an eagle eyes view to what opportunities can I grab from this space? What relationships can I build from this space? How can I change the status quo and create a paradigm shift? A paradigm shift in the most simplest form is an extreme change or altering of something. Perhaps it takes you to create self-editing and to offer different perspectives. I don't go along with the status quo. I teach my clients uh, how to grow comfortable with calling behaviors out. As a black woman, oftentimes we believe that we're a, a token. When we get invited to certain spaces, we're the token. If you act like the token, you will be the token. Just because we're invited, we're not naive to people's agendas. And if you don't feel good and people say it all the time, take a step back and build your own table. We have to learn how to navigate in those spaces because people have resources we need. As I said, many of us, can't always walk away. It's our bread, it's our butter, and it's our livelihood. Lastly, as you explore how you can unpack, discover for the opportunities in those spaces where you are few or the only one, this can be your catalyst to pivot. It took me burning out several times, not nearly burning out. Those were other places, but officially burning out in places where I was the only one rather than a few. It, I had to go through sexual harassment and I say had to because I was in that position where I'm like, okay, I got to pay off my student loans. I got to pay my mortgage. I got to pay this. I exposed myself to repeated instances of trauma and abuse. As uh, my speaking coach teaches, let's start at the top and not the bottom. And I want the same thing for you as you elevate your voices and discover how can you use these opportunities to pivot, allow them to be the catalyst of your pivot. I'm a firm believer. If these spaces are not safe for you, be working on your exit plan. 
be smart about it. Seek counsel, seek coaching to get the guidance on how to do that. It took me having to uh, experience sexual harassment. I went to HR, who was a black woman. She says this, you got to play the game better. Be careful of making those accusations. They could really come back and harm you. Oh, y'all talk about somebody that was like, well, who else can I go to? To wrap up that story, it got to the point where I left that company, went somewhere else, they cleaned house, and then brought me back, and they pitched a good package. I was like, oh, I am about to experience none of that crap I went through before. But to get in the room, I didn't ask enough questions, and I rushed. The opportunity sounded so great. Be mindful of what sounds good. Ask more questions. In my line of work as a therapist, I pride myself in learning how and facilitating the art of asking better questions, I should say. The outcome of that experience of working for that corporate company is I ended up settling a lawsuit for harassment and discrimination. I documented my experiences for six years. I didn't have to think what I would eventually put in that lawsuit. I didn't have to think who said what, when they said it. At Stress to Secured, we're going to be exploring how to position yourself in the event that you are faced with unpleasant circumstances, but not just that, but how to position yourself to check in, to monitor, to prevent the stress from getting to a point where you end up in a lawsuit, where you are burning out. We're starting at the top and not the bottom towards better self-care, better stress management. As you conceptualize what that room is, I just went through seven things or seven ways you could leave those rooms. Also, how you can use that opportunity as a catalyst to pivot, maybe open your business, write the book, write the story, and everything else you may need to find harmony. I'm a firm believer. People get the energy and proximity to me when it's deserving. Don't wrestle with it. Lean into it. Release it. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, download, and share. Got a topic you would like us to cover? Don't hesitate to send us a message. We welcome you to subscribe to our email list and connect with us across social media platforms to stay in the know about Space for Sisters.